the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Thursday, April 21st, 2022. 602-508-0960 is the number if you'd like to contribute or join the conversation on air with us in the audience, with me in the audience. Um, we usually, as I mentioned yesterday, do our monologues in the first hour. I'm moving them. Uh, I'm moving them usually to the third hour except today because I have a special interview in the third hour. So my monologue, if you can wait uh, just about an hour, it'll come off. I'll do it at the top of the next hour. You may really want to uh, wait for it, though, because um, it's a little different. I think we're going to break some news with uh, my monologue in the second hour. Let me start here with a thought. Many of you know that I am loath to celebrate too quickly over victories here and there. Yes, we should obviously rejoice when we succeed, but I have been very skeptical of jumping for joy while ground is being removed from us and we're not knowing it. So, yes, great thing that took place in Virginia, but we got to build on it and not rest on those laurels. When the school boards were taught, members were tossed out in San Francisco, for example, I said, mm all this celebration may be premature. They were replaced with people almost equally as left-wing socialist as the ones that the voters got rid of in San Francisco. Do you realize – I'm going to say this again, by the way, now that I'm thinking of it. I don't think most Americans do realize there are no-go zones in this country for conservatives and Republicans. Do you realize San Francisco has a Republican Party registration of less than 10 percent? I think it's 7 percent. I know it's less than 10. Do you realize that? It's an amazing thing. Now look at how that city's doing and ask yourself if there might be a connection. Not my larger point. We can return to that if you like. Larger point. Uh, even though I am loath to celebrate too much, I do think we should have a little bit of celebration here and there and then build off of it because I think it's important that we also recognize all is not lost, all is not forever doomed, and that we can have victories here. In there, let me let me let me uh, read you a tweet <laughs> from someone I don't know, but I, I probably like the cut of her jib. Doesn't matter. Uh, she writes uh, this just a few moments ago. It just came across. Obama's kicked off Spotify. CNN Plus canceled. Disney's special status removed. Let me add two. Elon Musk looking now really fully to buy out Twitter and Toto. And think about another thing I don't want the news to let go of just quite yet either, which was how many Americans in airports and on airplanes on Wednesday celebrated, applauded, shouts for joy when a federal court, when a federal judge in Florida struck down the mask mandate mandate. This uh, writer, uh, her name is Carrie Kellerman. Obama's kicked off Spotify, CNN plus canceled, Disney special status removed, add my two things, the mask mandate ending and Elon Musk with Twitter. And you can call this a good start. Call it a good start. Is the wheel turning? Don't know. I have long said 
that as a and we'll get into this with uh, with my guest in the third hour, Matt Continetti. But I have long said that a conservative movement has to be for things and not just restoring old things because they're old and not just being against things. There's nothing tremendously insightful in saying that. But having said that, look to to what is being done in the name of conservatism. It's not all being done by political action. It's not all being done by the votes of the American electorate. Obama's kicked off Spotify. We can get into that story in a few moments. Basically, the people at Spotify, having paid the Obamas, what, $25 million? Something like that. I think it's right. $25 million. They just didn't feel they were getting good enough stuff from the Obamas or enough from the Obamas. So the Obamas are gone. Right. So Joe, Rogan, Joe Rogan's at Spotify still, despite the calls for him to be thrown off. The Obamas no longer are. Maybe maybe the next place uh, they'll be removed from is Netflix, though I doubt it. But Netflix is really tanking. Um, CNN Plus canceled. That was not done by um, elect, uh, you know, the the American electorate either. That was done by uh, dint of the fact that they put out a really crummy product that no one was asking for in the first place. You know, there are theories about supply and demand. Does demand create its own supply? Does supply create its own demand? I've always thought both things were true, except in this case, as as it turns out. There was really no demand for more of CNN. There was no demand for CNN Plus. I think people were just about barely tolerating CNN. And then, of course, Disney's special status removed. That is somewhat the effect from the American electorate by putting Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis and Republicans in, uh, in the governor's office and in the state legislature of Florida. Florida was kind of becoming – Kind of becoming a, a bit of a purplish state, as you may recall. Well, no longer. And, of course, Elon Musk and Twitter is not the, votes, the votes or voices of the American electorate either. That is, you know, one billionaire, um, one multi-billionaire, one important multi-billionaire coming in to save uh, America from viewpoint discrimination. And, of course, uh, the mask, um, the mask mandate being lifted on public transportation, that comes from a federal judge, not exactly the American electorate, but, yeah, confirmed by the United States Senate, uh, despite uh, the left complaining about her age and uh, her mental acuity. Read the opinion. Read the opinion. Do not take the left or the liberals' words for it. I guarantee you they have not read the opinion. But you know why they haven't read the opinion? Three reasons. Three reasons, I believe. One is they're not as generally intellectually curious as we are. They One. Two, they really are very outcome-based when it comes to the law and the judiciary. You know, that is the difference in many respects between jurisprudence of original intent and the jurisprudence of the progressives, or sometimes referred to as the living constitution. They are outcome-oriented. We are not. In that we are not, we sometimes disappoint. We conservatives, the left never disappoints when it comes to judicial decisions. We sometimes do because we are not outcome oriented. Um, and 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 that's why the left won't read this opinion either. All they need to know is that they got the decision. Uh, this judge um, uh, in Florida got the decision wrong in their minds, got the decision wrong. That's all that matters. They have no interest in the reasoning. You know what? They haven't shown any interest in the reasoning of any of us 
who have raised either skepticism about the remediation and mediation uh, uh, policies towards COVID. They have never read or taken a thing we've said or written seriously, ever, one. Two, um, two they are so wedded to their ED fix that they can't climb down from this ladder. I think it's fair to say they weaponized COVID for political purposes in 2020, and they realized that they kind of liked the authoritarian impulse and they kind of liked the lording against conservatives, this notion that we're the movement, we're the side of anti-science. I would submit to you, I would submit to them, I would submit to anyone that when you look at what was done in the name of COVID, the side that was for science, the side that was pro-science, um, was our side, was those of us who were more than skeptical, more than doubting, but also very, very heavily censored for having raised these dissents, most of which I think bore out to be true and far more true than anything that came out of the CDC or Anthony Fauci's mouth. And then there's one last element to this I want to I want to bring up. It's not just them lording the science over us. It's lording the politics over us. Think about CNN Plus, maybe going to a break. I have to pick up on this on the other side of it. But think about CNN Plus being canceled. Who was their big star that they brought over? The one that they made a big story about and he made a big fuss about when he left Fox? It was Chris Wallace. And do you remember what he said? He said, I can no longer work at Fox News. I could no longer work, I'm reading in a New York Times piece, for a place where people start to question the truth as to who won the election and whether or not January 6th was an insurrection. I found that unsustainable, he said, quote, close quote. So he goes to a network that did the exact same thing and still does about the 2016 election. He goes to a network that did that with the Hunter Biden laptop story. He goes to a network that denied the insurrectionist nature of all of the riots during 2020. And yeah, sorry to tell Chris Wallace, whatever you think happened on January 6th, it is a debatable point at worst, at worst, as to whether it was an insurrection or not. Uh, Final thing I want to say about the decision out of Florida and masks and the left being so angry about it. It's not just the science that they were denying, and they were the ones denying the science. It was the rule of law and the Constitution, and they won't want to read that either. Because as we'll point out later in the show, the left is about one thing, absolute certainty and no brooking of dissent. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Those are the nimble fingers of Lee Rittenauer on guitar, one of the great guitarists. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I want to share uh, two things with you on uh, the lifting of the mask uh, mandate and masks generally. It is interesting uh, what the left is still clinging to, and it and it's somewhat related to the fall and failure of CNN. Chris Wallace can say he doesn't, or CNN Plus in this case, Chris Wallace can leave Fox and saying what they are doing at Fox is not sustainable. Um, well, CNN Plus wasn't sustainable. 
Who was it on Twitter who said, I've had milk in my refrigerator that lasted longer than CNN Plus did? David Marcus has a pretty good line on it. He said, the failure of CNN Plus was the result of the same delusional hubris cultivated by Jeff Zucker that everyone at CNN are heroes fighting the evil of Trumpism and defending democracy. I believe he's right about that. There was that hubris they will not let go of. It's an odd, odd thing that they continue to make um, the ex-president their largest concern. Seems to me pretty quickly after Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter was not really the concern of conservatives or the conservative movement. It seems to me that after the election of George W. Bush, people were not that obsessed with the Clintons anymore until Hillary rose up again to run in 2016. Uh, They do not let go. They do not climb down from these ladders. And that's what's so animating and angering the left about the lifting of the uh, mask mandate and this federal judge in Florida. They keep mentioning uh, that she is a young and unexperienced judge. Um, Not so much younger, only like three years younger than uh, some heroes to most of these people, John Kennedy, Teddy Roosevelt. As I said yesterday, you want to make age an issue? Let's make age an issue. Biden is 79 and I think mostly incoherent. Um, Pat Leahy is the president of the Senate. He's 82 and I think highly incoherent. Dianne Feinstein, who sits on important committees in the Senate like Judiciary, she's 88 and the San Francisco Chronicle only last week said that she is suffering from mental disability. Her words, not mine. Uh, Excuse me, San Francisco Chronicle's words, not mine. And Nancy Pelosi is 82 who I you know, think has it together more than most of them, but still occasionally shows those signs of aging, uh, whether it's on Sunday interviews or whether it was uh, that odd reaction she had during the State of the Union with Joe Biden. Never mind the odd reaction she had of shredding the State of the Union uh, when it was uh, Donald uh, Trump's uh, 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 speech. Uh, so if they want to make age the issue, let's make age the issue. Let's have at it. But I don't think the problem is young. I think the problem is on the other side. I think the problem is old. Anyway, on the mask thing, John Tierney used to write for the New York Times. He used to be a health and science writer for the New York Times until he couldn't take it anymore. He uh, he looks at the evidence on masking and he adds he writes, if you add up all the numbers uh, on um, the analysis of places with mask mandates versus places with uh, without, you find that mask mandates made zero difference. And he does all the research here for you. I'm sparing it. He writes the I'm sparing you all his uh, technical research, but you can get it over at City Journal. The cumulative rate of infection, he writes, over the course of the pandemic was about 24 percent in the mandate states as well as in the non mandate mandate states. The cumulative rates of covid mortality were virtually identical to where there were, however, slightly more deaths per capita in the states with masks. Mandates. He writes, if this hasn't persuaded you, you can find lots more in a relatively recent book by Ian Miller, the data analyst um, uh, at City Journal. He's tracked the pandemic trends for the Brownstone Institute. He's assembled the damning evidence in his book, Unmasked, 
The Global Failure of COVID Mask Mandates. The book documents how mask mandates were implemented without scientific justification, how they failed around the world, and how public officials and journalists have kept making fools of themselves by pretending otherwise. I don't know if they know they're making fools of themselves. Sleftist used to be part of CNN. I don't know if he is now or with MSNBC or where he is. Roland Martin, when the federal judge in Florida removed the mask mandate, he uh, he took a selfie of himself on an airplane with two masks and goggles, protective eye gear as well. I don't remember that being a big suggestion from anyone. But, you know, this this is the cult. This is the religion. And he said, I'm. I'm not taking anything off. I'm not removing anything. This is how I plan to travel. Good for you. Fine. You do you. I I don't understand why they think they're scoring us for not doing what they want to voluntarily do and no one ever said they couldn't voluntarily do. You strike down a mandate doesn't mean you can't do something if that makes you feel better. But that's all it does is make you feel better. These people are the true anti-scientists, but they're also, in some respects, uh, the the true gaslighters. Why are they making the argument that we aren't letting them do, that we are denying them their rights to mitigate and protect themselves the way they want to? Um, it wasn't our side that was busting out down doors. It wasn't our side that was encouraging calling on your neighbors on Easter holiday weekend if they were doing something outdoors against the congregate setting mandates. It wasn't our side that was depriving people of going to the gym and working out even when obesity was a big factor in COVID mortality and sickness. It wasn't our side that was making mandates. I don't know if the left even knows what a mandate is anymore. But what their view is, obviously, unless something is mandated, you cannot trust the people to make decisions for themselves. This is the dream palace of progressivism. This is the dream palace of rule by expert. I'm going to uh, tell you something about that I think you're going to like on the other side of this break. But before I go to break, let me put in a word for our newest of sponsors, Why Refi. It's an investment for those of you that might be looking for something where you can really do very well by doing good. It allows you to invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you earn exceptional fixed returns and actually help other people. How are you helping them? You are helping them by what Y-Refi is doing for people who cannot pay and are upside down on their student loans. I've seen their business model. I've seen and met with them and all their great uh, studies on what people are doing in this investment space to help Americans drowning in student loan debt. It's pretty incredible. I know the people at Y Refi. They are good people. They're based here too. You can visit them. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R E F Y dot com. Or give them a call at 855 316 3087. They're in the business of helping people that others won't, and you can be too. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. By the way, let me um, – I don't do this enough, and this has been one of those weeks where he's been doing a lot of double duty. My producer, Bill, 
Uh, very recognized. Thank you, Bill, uh, for all your hard work always, and especially this week. It is not unappreciated or unnoticed. Mike is in Carefree. Hello, Mike. Hi, Seth. How are you doing today? Really well. How about yourself? Doing great. I was uh, taken back by the CDC statement uh, when they stated not that there was some great evidence for masks, but rather they were going to challenge the judge's ruling to uh, ensure their authority. Yeah, that's what they, they said. Bring, <laughs> that is what they said. They yep. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring 70 uh, researchers to the table to explain why. They said they were sending a team of 60 to 70 lawyers to see about turning over the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I, so it's all about authority, not about science. Yeah, it, it 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 is about authority. It's not about science. And what's interesting is they will shift the science without telling you. They never shift the authority. That's the interesting thing about it. I don't know how closely, Mike, you have followed the CDC's masking guidance. It has been all over the place. Um, whether it's dealing with cloth masks, whether it's dealing with reusable masks, whether it's dealing with masks, they recommend that on the very box itself, it tells you not useful for preventing transmission of a virus. They, they their, their website on masks, cdc.gov slash coronavirus, whatever it is, hash, uh, you know, hyperlink, hyperlink. You can get to it. I could give it to you if you wanted, but. It, it's a it's a hot mess, and it has been changing by the month, changing by the month. And I don't think most Americans who are part of this mask, what shall we call it, religion, I don't I don't think most of them are using the mask the way the CDC now recommends they use it anyway. I'm I, I'm 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 almost well, certain of it. I'm almost certain of it. Anyway, um, well, yeah, it's about authority. It was never about I'm, I'm, science. Well, actually, you know what? It was about politics, and then it became about authority. It was never about the science. Yeah. Well, I'm a physician, and the whole mask thing is I was on the front line in emergency medicine during the heat of the pandemic. Yep. So I took great pains to study the mask. Yes, sir. And what did you find? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, uh, N95 masks have to be fitted, okay? Uh, at, at best, they, uh, the pores in an N95 mask are about um, three times as large as the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't fit people with beards, and they have never been shown to effectively prevent disease, although um, I wore a mask during flu seasons routinely for many years because people coughed in my face. Right. I mean, it's good for stopping big chunks, right? But if you think it's going to stop coronavirus, it's 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 uh, woefully inadequate. You had to wear what's called a PAPR or a self-contained system where you're going through a, a, an N99 type. Mike, can I ask you a question? Filter. You know, I I I don't know if you if this will resonate. You know, as a graduate of law school, I've always found it interesting when people who didn't go to law school like to play lawyer. 
Do you have that in medicine too? Do you have that where people who never went to medical school like to like to pronounce on 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 complex medical issues? Um, because because it seems to me we had an awful lot of that, an awful lot of that. Yeah, Doctor Google. Yeah, pretty much. That's I guess what we're talking about, Doctor Google and Attorney Google. Yeah, are you the doctor who taught me what the word fomite means? Yes. I love it. Thank you, Mike. I'll never forget that. Or you. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Right. Stay close, sir. We're going to need you. We're going to need you. All right. God bless. Bye. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. I take them every single day, 100% natural, not 99 plus percent, 100% natural. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are made from fresh, whole produce through an advanced cold vacuum process where the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved so you get that vital nutrition in each capsule. 100% natural. Take it just once a day. Check them out. Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Jordan Schachtel, he has a... um, he has a really good piece uh, over from uh, over at Substack on the death throes of the public health expert, uh, and I think it's important to go through with some of you. I was talking about elements of this uh, with a friend of mine. Rand Paul had a good idea, I think, a good idea generically, which was to eliminate Anthony Fauci's position, to zero it out, remove it. It it was created by law. It It can be removed by law. And I think it's a good idea generally, or at least getting us in the realm of thinking about things we should not be in the business of, things we should not be in the business of funding, bloated bureaucracy, bloated control of the American people by experts. It's not a silver bullet, however, and it will need to be, if it was to go forward, much more comprehensive than a few positions here and there. And the reason I say that is uh, because you don't need the title, you don't need the position to effectuate the policy or the um, disaster, if you want, the policy or the disastrous policies that individuals in the federal government or really any government come up with. Um, you, you, you can have Anthony Fauci in an administration, just not at infectious diseases. Um, think about, as I like to point out, Deborah Burks. She was an obscure State Department physician who was brought forward, who knew that you know the State Department would yield to us an epidemiologist that was um, interested in also – uh, non-scientific uh, curtailment of, uh, of, 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 of our lives. I was going to say of our freedoms, but of our lives, of our lives. And I'm, I'm happy and, and willing to debate that point with anyone because the things we're seeing now, the things we're seeing now with suicide ideation and emergency department visits and the mental health 
and social destructive fallout in our youth or the rising use of drugs or now as we just got a new report on alcoholism, particularly females, both on the suicide front and the alcoholism front, females. Yeah, sorry. Those are lives that matter, too. That is life that matters, too. Those are things that end life, too. And we warned about it. And the left and the government didn't care. Anyway, Jordan Schachtel writes, The very concept of public health was once a rather innocuous term, and it's facing an extinction-level event. And Americans should be incredibly thankful for this development. Sometimes when a people are faced with a grand crisis, a bold new idea, group of individuals moves humanity forward in ways once thought of as improbable, if not impossible. But the elevation of the supposed masters of public health has achieved the opposite effect. It's now a term that half of America reacts to with some combination of revulsion and mockery, and rightfully so. Prior to the pandemic, America's public health experts were rarely heard or seen. In the past, these forces would have risen from obscurity to tell us the world is coming to an end, only to be routinely dismissed, forcing them to crawl back underneath their surfaces. With COVID mania, that all changed. And now that we've seen what this profession is truly about, many long for the days when the insignificance of the public health person is restored to his proper place in society. Pre-2019, the individuals that are relentlessly populating our corporate press and policy circles were run-of-the-mill collectivists, a collection of over-credentialed, and underachieving individuals doing niche research to justify their existence in a variety of academic circles or pushing paper in a government or pharmaceutical bureaucracy. The savior complex they seem to collectively embody had not yet shown its face. Prior to COVID mania, panic profiteer Eric Fagel Ding was co-authoring research papers about diarrhea. Deborah Burks was a no-name bureaucrat giving lectures sponsored by the Gates Foundation about AIDS in Africa. Anthony Fauci was peddling a variety of Ebola-related pharmaceuticals. Pfizer's Scott Gottlieb was doing the same thing, but without a Wall Street Journal column and a weekly national television appearance. And the public health chairs of the various China-funded Ivy League academic departments were lecturing their students about equity and racism and promoting their favorite socialist hero but with uh, heroes but with covid mania came a rocket ship like rise to stardom for these people and a level of status these forces understood as a sanction for them to play sim city with all our lives and livelihoods every tv broadcast and newspaper interview needed a credentialed public health expert because for one reason or another common sense went flying out the window and we needed these experts to guide us through a disease that amounted to a varying case of the sniffles for 99% of the population. Yet over the course of COVID mania, Americans grew tired of these self-proclaimed experts of public health and their rabid intrusions upon every fundamental liberty many of us used to cherish. Since 2020, the public health cartel has badly exposed itself as nothing more than a dedicated enterprise of political activists and charlatans, Jordan writes. They kept telling us to listen to the silence, meaning only the words spoken by that niche group of public health professionals employed in the fields of of uh, of suspect disciplines. Modern day public health has a gatekeeping mechanism similar to that of climate science in that there is a core narrative 
that its quote-unquote experts must sign off on prior to entry in the field. Let me just pause on that for a moment. Bill, how much time do I have here? I lost my clock by accident. Thank. How much? 80? Thank you. Um, l- let, me, let me just point this out for just a moment. When you look at the credentials of the physicians from the Great Barrington Declaration, they are no lesser credentials than those of Fauci or Burks. When, when, you, when you think about it and you're told to trust the scientists, when did that get replaced from the trust your doctor? When did that get replaced? It got replaced in COVID because there were an awful lot of doctors. We had a lot of them on here that just weren't on board with these CNN, MSNBC, NPR, PBS, NBC, CBS, public health experts. Turns out expertise didn't amount to very much, did it? Except padding their own Q rating. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Um, I'm going to do my monologue at the top of the next hour after the top of the hour news break. I think we'll break some news with it. I don't usually break news with my monologue. I usually analyze it. This is going to be a little bit breaking, um, and I think it's going to be a little bit shocking. It goes to the issue of crime and the prosecution of crime. There's a great piece up at Fox News, by the way, on this point I wanted to flag. Florida prosecutor crackdown on repeat offenders results in, surprise, surprise, a drop in violent crime. Can you imagine? And it highlights this uh, this prosecutor in Florida who is uh, getting tougher on crime, particularly uh, repeat offenders, and seeing a decrease as a result. That's, that's what happens when you prosecute crime. You get a decrease of it. Uh, memo for, I don't know, about five minutes from now when I do my monologue. Contrast that, contrast that with cities where the prosecutors aren't doing it. Los Angeles, police are reporting an 8% spike in total violent crimes there. Um, Progressive District Attorney George Coscone has instructed his prosecutors, his deputies, not to pursue enhancements without his express permission. In January, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva reported a 94 percent spike in homicides in the greater area between 2019 and 2021. Now, Gascon is facing a second recall effort. I um, hope it works. I don't have a lot of hope that it will, however, work or it will, however, result in his recall. These these Californians are a strange, strange breed. They will complain. They will look around them and see social destruction. They will move. They will vote with their feet, as they used to say, and they'll come to places like here. But they, for some reason, will keep not connecting the dots. Is that an English sentence? They will refuse to connect the dots, and they refuse to vote for the very policies that they declaim against. It's a little bit of a Bill Maher syndrome, you know. He'll spend... Um, his hour-long show, 50 minutes of which blasting liberal left policies, and then the last three minutes of, ex- of his show uh, explaining that he's doing it because he loves the liberal left and hates the Republicans, when everything he's complaining about sits very well and comfortably in the party 
he says he will never join while he spends the bulk of his time condemning the party that's policies he hates. It's kind of representative of all of California in a weird way. Anyhow, if you care about crime, if you care about common sense, if you care about racism, don't miss my monologue coming right up. We're going to break some news with it. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 